my name is Teresa Otimak and I'm your host. Welcome to another episode of the Outlandish Voice. We are still talking about dealing with crisis as an outlander. Yes, I promise a part two and here we are. My story. The story of not having a chance to grieve my only little brother. Now, if you've experienced traumatic or existential crisis, then you probably know or have suffered from acute confusion, anxiety, you probably have suffered from depression, stress, or PTSD that can show up weeks after the occurrence. And for some people, it can keep recurring for the rest of their lives. The only reason I'm able to speak about my experience today is because it's now an experience. I have to live with it for the rest of my life, but I don't look at it as a crisis anymore. I am in the orientating or growth stage. I like to believe that. Some people are good at handling the physiological, social, and physical loads concerning crisis. In contrast, others are more vulnerable and react strongly to emergencies or crises, which can have great consequences for their health and life quality. Tell me, why do you think that some people are good at handling loss or crisis better than others? For me, I think it's simply because we are all different, built with different factors and elements, making it either a quick recovery or a slow recovery. Losing a loved one is life-changing, and the change can be many things, but it will never be an alright change. You can work yourself through the process and the stages of grief and loss and slowly or quickly accept the past as the past and begin to find new skills and ways of living without the person in question. The damage, the loss will forever be part of you. And once in a while, once in a while in your life you will still experience the aftershocks, the reminders, those days that were you will question a lot, and that from my experience is absolutely alright. It's a process. It's a process you have to go through. It's not a task for you to solve. Grief is lonely. Goodness. Grief is lonely. If you haven't experienced it directly, then you don't know. And I say this with all due respect. You can have friends, family, a network that is holding you through it all, but still, it's a self-journey and even with all that support system, it can still be very lonely. I need to get this off my chest. There's this norm of rushing to post pictures of someone when they pass on, without even consulting the family members. And I'm not talking about celebrities. I'm talking about ordinary people like you and I. There's a reason why some people have private accounts and public accounts. And I'm not, I'm not naive enough to say that people will not do it. I'm just, I'm just saying, even if you really have to do it, please do so with respect respect to the family members with respect to friends do so with respect when my brother passed on a distant relative was the first person to post his picture on Facebook 
He had not consulted any of my family members and there he was a few hours after posting him with RIP. That act broke my heart because it was not his place to do so. I went ahead and took down the post as well as deactivated his Facebook page because he had entrusted me with his password. All I'm saying is be decent enough to ask first. Ask yourself, how would you feel if the first place your loved ones learned about your demise is through some random distant relative or friend that could not wait to notify the world of your passing without even reaching out to your family first? Okay, away from that. Here is where mental health comes in. Let's take the life of an outlander. I know and I have met people who have gone through hell in foreign countries. And they all agree that having a genuine support system makes your healing or recovery process less agonizing because you know you can count on them for literally anything. As an outlander, you could come here, in Denmark for example, with high education only to be told that your first job is a cleaning job. And hey, I have nothing against cleaning jobs. I have done those cleaning jobs myself you lose a loved one away from your loved ones you face racism and can't do anything about it because you feel like you're an intruder so you go on to get along so you can feed your family for survival but not living and many many more other crises that you only as an outlander knows At this point in my case, I was just beginning to feel settled with my spouse and a small circle of friends as my near network. Most outlanders will tell you that there is constant pressure from all sides and you almost never catch a break. And people give up. People end up giving up because the pressure is too much. And for me, I believe that that's why we have a high rate of outlanders going through depression, stress, and that's not to say that we have it worse. I'm saying that it's difficult to recover because most states, most societies, especially in the Western world, believes that we have it better now after our own countries. So we ought to be more grateful than complain. We ought to speak more positive and nothing more or less. Denmark, in my opinion, has given most of us something to be very grateful about. But at the same time, this country has contributed to immense pain in some people's lives with its system. The results, my dear, going on to get along. And for me, there is nothing worse. It's a question of survival, not living. Really, very sad. But that's the story for many And the end result is a mental breakdown, alcohol or drug abuse, suicide, you name it. You've had these things. You've seen these things. So what's my story? I lost my brother so abruptly in December 2018. It still feels like a sick joke. And before my family could even come to terms with the tragic news, I had a distant relative already posting my brother on Facebook. And the next thing is another maid telling me 
to just let him rest in peace. As if I had another choice, as if we had other choices. I was in the middle of school projects. We had just bought a new house. I had double jobs because working hard abroad is not an option. No, it's not an option here. You have to work 10 times harder to get or be what you want. And even so, it's sometimes still not enough. Suddenly, suddenly finance was the only topic. Not grief, not emotions, neither was it my brother. Flights fully booked and those that were not had ridiculous prices which made my life and that of my family even darker. I had like many outlanders to make the toughest decision. The choice of not attending my brother's burial. For me, it also meant the beginning of a wound rupture that was long healed. My days were long as I sat alone waiting for burial updates. For days I did not eat, I did not sleep or say much. For every hour that passed I wanted to know how my family was faring, how my parents were doing, how my brother's son was coping with not seeing his father who was present at all times in his life. During the burial, I had to follow the proceedings secretly from my cousin's iPad. Secretly because I did not want any attention or the thought of having to see or talk to someone or anyone. My mother was sick worried about me. I felt like I had abandoned my family. It felt like they also had to mourn my absence. It was torture. It was choking. And I had difficulties letting go and forgiving myself for not being there in person. My mother kept reminding me of how happy my brother would be, knowing that I did everything possible to be there. That he knew he was loved. That we had done all we could to give him a decent send-off. I promised to raise my nephew like my own. I said countless times of how much I loved him and that he was the best thing that ever happened to us. During his last moments, my mom managed to give him my message of my promises, of my love, and of peace. <sighs> he passed on moments after that. But in all this, I was still doubting if he knew all these things that I was saying now, before this day. Especially because I have always been far away from home. It just wasn't enough. I needed closure. I needed to see and be there physically myself. And I needed to be there for my family. My parents had just lost their only son. My mom had just lost a child she had carried in her womb and had loved with all the love she could give. My sisters had just lost their only brother at 30. And I was in Europe as if all was just okay. This was after all a passage of life. A sick passage of life. Today, today I'm here telling you this because speaking up and seeking help has played a huge role in my recovery. Speaking up, crying, being stressed or going through depression doesn't make you weak. It goes to show you are human. I believe in speaking up, not for the sake of it, 
but for others and for my love of mental health and balance. Because silence, silence is usually the first ingredient to a mental meltdown. And no, no, there's no closure. At least in my case, he is gone and no amount of guilt or tears will turn back time. But that doesn't mean that I don't have moments of guilt or moments of breakdown. All I need to understand is that it's okay to have those moments. It's human nature and I have no hesitance in saying that. I will read out the tribute I wrote to him. This is actually the first time I'm reading it out loud. My niece read it out on my behalf. It went like this. Dear Maish, you once told me that the aftermath or consequences of one's choices is one's choice too. This was after I was whining one morning about a hangover. This was after I was whining one morning about a hangover from a glass of red wine. You told me don't whine about it. Enjoy it. It's part of the game. Part of the game? You, I asked as you laughed at me. I never really understood how hangover could be part of the game or my choice when the only thing I asked was one glass of wine and not a hammering headache and nausea. But then I observed your ways of living. No regrets, no whining, no matter the choices you made. You enjoyed life. You lived life even when things seemed challenging at times. Boldly you said, tomorrow is not guaranteed. I could never put it any better. Our joy, tears, laughter, sorrow, strength, weaknesses, trials, transgressions and tribulations have been our best teacher. Together we are not just a family or siblings, but friends, protectors and each other's keeper. We have learned to dust ourselves off every day with pride and grace. And you, Maish, Maish was his uh, middle name, Mina, have done well. We couldn't be more proud of you. Our only brother, our headache, and our love. I refuse to say Kwaheri, but rather to Taunana Tena. In English, it means I refuse to say goodbye, but rather, but rather we will see you again. We promise to take care of Ethan, Ethan is my nephew, to love him, care for him, protect and defend him with everything we are and have, so help us God. Thank you for living, thank you for the great lessons, thank you for you and thank you for giving us Ethan. We love you deeply and immensely and forever you will always be in our hearts. Yours with love, Timak. I wrote Timak because he always called me Timak. He always referred me as Timak. <laughs> and I tell you, he used to add some kind of twist to that name that it was so annoying. Like he, and he knew it. He knew it was annoying and he loved it. I, I can't even tell you how it sounded. I, I sometimes can hear his voice calling me out and it, it just puts a smile on my face because he knew it was annoying to call me that and and I love it and I miss
Bautista. something that can probably give you an idea of how grief can tear you mentally apart. So in January or February of 2019, I'm really not sure if it was a month or two months after, my little sister shared the barrier photos with me. And as I went through the pictures, I started feeling sick and disoriented, as if I was about to collapse. Something was not right either in my head or with the pictures. I went back and forth the house and started making calls. The first one being to my husband asking him when my brother had passed on. He said December 15th, 2018. Before he could ask why, I had already told him I needed to call my family. The second call was to my elder sister who has always been our strong pillar. Alone, she had overseen the process of moving my brother from the hospital bed to the morgue. Alone, she had brought family and friends to see him at the morgue, and alone, she had done so much that left me gutted of how strong and different we were. The call to my sister was not different to my husband's. The question was the same, what day and date did Nelson pass on? She had not hesitated to say 15th December 2018, then I knew that I was not losing my mind because the cross on my brother's grave, believe it or not, 15th November 2018. My sister thought I was out of my mind, but then we both confirmed to think that no one had seen this, even after months or months of watering the plants around the grave. My heart sunk. That it was indeed the wrong month when we contacted our parents. That was actually when my downfall began. The crisis I had to deal with before and when he left us made it impossible for me to grieve. As far as finance was the big monster here, so were other factors. I became more concerned about my family's welfare, financial status and well-being that I forgot to carry my own cross. I was especially more worried for my mother I did not hear of her grieving, neither did she sound like I expected her to sound. She was more the one comforting us, but I knew for sure of just how many pieces her heart was crushed into, irreplaceable pieces, and that made it even difficult for me to deal with my pain, pain that I didn't even know I had. She was doing what a mother does even in her worst moments, staying strong everyone. I yearned to know what my mother was feeling and how she was dealing with the loss, as if I had a solution. But in doing so, I forgot myself. And that's where it all went wrong for me. Because while everyone else was moving on on the latter process of grief and crisis, I was stuck observing them and somehow was unaware for an extended period of time that I wasn't doing any good to myself. My dad, on the other hand, sobbed with every mention of my brother, but he also had difficulties dealing with those who were openly sobbing like him. His blood pressure condition had also become an issue, considering the numerous times I was told he had collapsed. One thing is for sure, no doubt to me, that the distance grieving away from my loved ones 
was probably the most traumatizing of them all. After my experience, I had many days, months of reflection on what was, what had happened to me, what had happened to my family. Because a part of you, body, mind and soul has permanently left to a place you can't even seem to compass. You can straightforwardly become paranoid and you can effortlessly become overprotective of those you love, all in all forgetting yourself. It makes my heart sink when I think about my fellow outlanders that may fall in the same situation and vice versa. The crisis that outlanders have to deal with just on a day-to-day basis is in itself already alarming in all aspects. If you are an outlander, you probably feel me on this. There is always a ton of crucial things to consider. When you're going through loss, you can quickly lose yourself. Talk about job opportunities, inequality in the healthcare system, racism. But you don't hear about it in the media because clearly that's an outlandish problem. Just deal with it. It's no wonder why most people here say equality is only for the date. Let me make one thing clear though especially if you're listening and is in a process of relocating. This is not to scare you away from your goals or dreams. I'm just letting you know of possible reality of life abroad. Your case might not be finance like mine or loss, but in one way or another, you will feel a sense of loneliness, face some kind of crisis while out here, and that you need to be well prepared for. It's really so bad that it's it's almost like most outlanders have given up. Like they have no strength nor the time to express their pain or struggles. Almost like it's a privilege to air your grievances. I know I speak for many and I know speaking up gives someone out there some comfort in knowing that they're not alone. I have seen posts on Facebook of outlanders passing away. The families back home have to deal with grief and the acceptance of not being able to attend their daughter, son or siblings burial because of so many unavoidable circumstances. Finance is often a key thing here, but I'm glad to see so many people supporting each other out here in times of dear need. I thank my friends and my family for the support and the love that they showed us during our hour of need. I hope you have a network that makes you feel as much as home as you fell back at your origin. I hope you know you can speak up and seek help. You don't have to suffer in silence. I hope you got an insight into how most outlanders, some of them your friends and family, have to deal with crisis, trauma, and the loss of losing someone else. I hope you got an insight that being abroad does not necessarily mean that you got a lot of money or that you got your shit together while thousands of miles away. In the next episode, I'll be talking about my eye-opener after my brother's loss. The many lessons that came by that will probably put you one or many steps ahead and the significant change that came by in my life. I will, however, leave you with this. Life is concise. It's brief but comprehensive. And whether you want to believe this or not, you do take the gift of breath for granted. You are not honest with yourself until you experience a crisis in your life that leaves you questioning everything. Then you somehow automatically 
become more in contact with your present and appreciate the gift of life, family, friends, and every single day you wake up healthy. Remembering my brother. On occasions, life loses meaning and then gains a new sense all over again. In other instances, life sucks and feels like a vacuum with many unanswered inquiries. There are no words fit to describe the excruciating pain of losing a loved one. Sometimes distance is my worst nightmare. I don't get to see my family as as it pleases me. The pain of not being present, to grieve with them, to help run errands in time where we needed each other the most. You can't help but feel a surge of guilt and hopelessness. Guys, those small mere moments that you take for granted are my biggest treasure on earth. Those hugs that you ought to give your mom, dad and siblings, your nieces, your nephews every day are my biggest treasures. Those anti-moments you ever thought you knew. When you experience loss or a life-threatening crisis, school drops and pickups are moments outlanders ferociously yearn for. Express your emotions without feeling the need to explain or apologize. I will tell you this, I cry. Yes, I cry whenever I feel overwhelmed by emotions, whenever I remember my last conversations with my only little brother. I cry because I miss my family dearly. I lack enough words to explain how much I miss them. I cry whenever I think about my brother's son who doesn't understand where his hero went to without him. I cry because I have missed many, many of my nieces, nephews, first steps, words, birthdays, first school days. I cry because I'm human and thus doesn't make me less human, nor does it make me less stable. I cry because I'm gentle with myself and I will continue being practicing, actually, being gentle with myself. My heart bleeds for you. I see you and I feel with you. There's so much strength, all you who've missed loved ones or someone close to you, all you in wrangles that can't seem to end, you experiencing anxiety, stress or depression, courage, patience in yourself than you can imagine. Give yourself time and allow yourself to always be in the moment. Be gentle with yourself, be gentle with yourself, be gentle with yourself. My heart bleeds for you in despair and do not know where to turn or whom to tell what is in your heart. Just remember your feelings are valid, they count, you count, your mental health is a priority. It comes first, not at the rear end. If you're listening to me today and you wish to air something, you can reach out to me via my email or DM me on Instagram. Just know you're not alone as much as it's your journey to cover. You are not alone. Once again, my beautiful souls, massive, massive thank you for joining me again on the Outlandish Voice. I hope that you have learned, have been changed, inspired and motivated to live your life to the fullest. Please don't forget to spread love, peace, kindness, harmony and reach out to a loved one today or a friend and tell them you love them. See you again soon on part three where we take on the lessons with brutal honesty. Hugs and kisses. Bye for now.